Talk 1110-993-WBT. The Pete Callender Show continues. Hour number two right now. It's happening. We're in it. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. You can also email Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. And as always, follow me on the Twitter machine at Pete Callender. Um, What else? Oh, the podcast. Get the podcast. Go to WBT.com. Subscribe. It's free. And then the podcast comes right to your smartphone or tablet three times a day. After each hour is done, we post them up, and uh, then you get it right to your smartphone or tablet. You're welcome. Sonny McSunnyface. That's his name. I mean, on Twitter, it's his name. He summarizes today's uh, outrage from the left over the, uh, the, the... So there are two cases that came down from the U.S. Supreme Court uh, two rulings. One was an eight to one ruling and affected North Carolina in the voter ID lawsuit that the NAACP filed against the state where the state lawmakers, the Republicans, wanted to intervene in the case because the Democrat attorney general and the Board of Elections that were the named defendants, uh, the the lawmakers don't think that the named defendants who are Democrats are putting up that much of a fight They're They're suspicious of their motives and tactics, and so they would very much like the ability to be part of the lawsuit to protect the law that they had passed because the Democrats keep trying to block the law from uh, from being implemented. Think about how long ago Republicans ran on a platform of instituting voter ID in the state over a decade ago. It's been more than a decade and then and they they passed one and then that got tossed out they passed another that went to the voters that still hasn't been implemented we voted to approve a voter id what was that 2016 and they still haven't done it, it may even be been longer I'm, I'm starting to forget all of the dates there's been so many lawsuits this is the sue till blue strategy i suspect it may have backfired actually just a wee bit yeah, just a wee bit. Um, in fact, before I get to Sonny McSunnyface, here you go. Um, John Locke Foundation, along with Signal, C-Y-G-N-A-L, put out a poll, uh, put their poll results out. Ted Budd leads Beasley 45 to 40%. Shannon Bray, the Libertarian, in at 3%. But here's the important one. Generic legislative ballot, the legislature. So if you don't know who your state representative, state senator is, um, well, then, yeah, you're you're probably an American. But uh, you should actually know because this stuff act, this stuff matters. The state legislature, these legislative races, your local races, school board, city council, county commission, this stuff matters in your daily life a lot. That's why I spend so much time on this stuff. So the generic legislature ballot. Get this. Republicans, 51%. Democrats at 39%. That's landslide territory. That is a wipeout. Generic congressional ballot, similar numbers. Republicans at 52%. Democrats at 41%. Biden approval is at 33%. 60 percent disapprove. This is what I mean. This some of this stuff, uh, I'm not sure, may have backfired on them. But, oh, I saw today 
Uh, where is it? Yeah, he's uh, he, Biden. Yeah, yeah, he's he's doing a new Title IX rule. This is totally going to change course. This is going to do it. This is going to make us all forget about the inflation and the gas prices. Right? This will do it. You ready? Title IX rule. It's going to apply to all public schools, most universities, and it says that if you use the wrong gender pronoun, that is sexual harassment. And so, uh, what, I guess you're going to be expelled because you're harassing somebody. Use the wrong pronoun. What could go wrong? Really? No, seriously, guys. Forward. Forward. You just push that foot all the way down on the gas pedal. Just keep keep going. No, no, no. It's not a cliff ahead. Just right. Just forward. You guys are all about the progress. Keep making progress. Keep forwarding. Forward, forward. What could go wrong? Sonny McSunnyface, back to this tweet here. He, uh, oh, now I've lost it. Where are you, Sonny? Where have you gone, Sonny? Sonny McSunnyface, where did you go? Are they shadow banning him? Did they shadow ban? Why is his, why is his tweet now gone? Well, I mean, aside from the fact that Twitter is terrible as a platform and this is this kind of stuff that they do all the time. Um... <laughs> Here it is. The media and establishment Democrats are freaking out today because the Supreme Court made it easier for people of all races, religions, and economic status to exercise an enumerated constitutional right. Yeah, it really is astounding how the same people who believe there is a right to an abortion in the Constitution do not see the right to bear arms when it is literally written in it literally says it right there oh you don't know about the militia well-regulated militia i actually do know that and they're talking about people that's it they're talking about people regular people everybody over the age of 18 is militia sorry not sorry it, it just it's it's funny that they look at the words and must tell themselves that these words mean something different and then they look at the words in another part of the document and say, the words that I want to be there that are not there, yeah, they're actually there. Ah, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, can, I can find them. They're just, they're hidden. If you take, it's like one of those things from A Beautiful Mind, right, where the guy was seeing all of the patterns in, the, in all the, the words, and if you pull out one letter and then pull out this other letter and you pull out this other letter, and then you can construct entire s- sentences and codes and that's how you get there. See? Makes total sense. The stuff that's in it, they don't like being in it. And the stuff that they want in it, they just pretend it's there. It really is astounding. Same thing happened with the, uh, the school voucher program ruling that came down the other day. This was, a, this, was, this was a no-brainer. The fact that it even went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court is kind of embarrassing. But here we are. We live in very stupid times. I should actually make a podcast called Very Stupid Times. Somebody's probably already got it. Yeah, probably. Somebody's probably already doing it. Better than I could. Whatever. Anyway, I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. Washington Times' Stephen Dynan and Alex Swoyer reporting a state that offers to pay tuition for students attending private schools cannot refuse to pay when the school is religious. Kind of makes sense, right? 
if you're going to offer a school voucher program and you're going to allow parents to use the voucher at a private school, you can't forbid a school from being in the mix there if it's a religious school. They, because a private school is not a public school, and if you're already funding a private school, then you can't say that, that the religious school doesn't get the money because that would be discrimination based on religion, right? And that's not allowed. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. So the U.S. Supreme Court ruled earlier this week, two days ago, actually, on Tuesday, they put out their Supreme or their uh, opinion on the tuition funding. And it was a six to three ruling. So obviously it was along partisan lines. But the justices said that the First Amendment requires a state. In this case, that state was Maine. I know you probably even forgot. Yeah, that's a state up there. People usually forget about Maine. It's basically Canada. So anyway, uh, Maine has this. um, I'm just kidding. I I kid Maine. I kid because I love. So the First Amendment requires Maine to be neutral in its spending decisions, which means a program that's generally open to everybody cannot shut its doors when a religious applicant appears. If you're handing out money and someone shows up and uh, they've got, I, I don't know what they're called, uh, the curls, you know, like the Hasidic Jews, they'll have the, the curls and the, the outfits, right? Someone shows up and you could tell, oh, that person's a Hasidic Jew. And so I'm not going to give them any of this money. Well, you, you don't get to do that. That's religious discrimination. It's no better than if you were handing out money and, you know, a, a BIPOC showed up. A black or indigenous person of color. Right, there you go, right? If some, if a minority sh- uh, shows up at the door and they're like, hey, I'd like to participate in this public program, and you say, no, I'm not going to let you participate in the public program because of your race or your nation of origin or something or your gender, I mean sex, or gender, sex? Well, remember, sex is gender except when it's not. Right. It's a... It's a it's a constantly evolving definition based on whatever the left needs it to mean at any given moment, sex and gender. And if you doubt me on this, I just mentioned the Title IX stuff, right? When the, when, when the when non-discrimination laws, like we have you know, local laws and stuff, and they reflect what's at the federal level by and large, but at the congressional level, you're not allowed to discriminate based on these criteria, right? The quote, protected classes. And one of them is sex. And the left argued, or they tried to argue, that sex included gender because gender is not included in the list. So rather than get the law changed to include gender identity, give it a separate standalone uh, protected class status, because that's too hard. I don't want to have to convince other people. And that means I have to make an argument. I have to try to persuade people who might disagree with me. I don't like it. So I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm just going to say sex is gender just for the purposes of this law. But if you then try to say, oh, okay, so sex is gender. No, no, no. You hateful, intolerant bigot. It's different. Totally different. Except when I need it to be. Okay. So Title IX, they're going to say they're, they're, they're talking about changing the rules of the Title IX. Uh, well, Biden is. Uh, let me see here. I've got it pulled up. Uh, the proposed regulations 
defining sex-based harassment. This is the proposal, 106.2. And essentially it says if you are using someone's non-preferred pronouns, if you don't use their preferred pronouns, you don't call them by the name that they demand you call them by, or if you refuse to participate in a delusion, then, uh, and look, by the way, me personally, you want to call, like, you introduce yourself to me, you tell me your name, I'm going to call you that name. Whatever name you tell me, I'm going to call you that name. But I'm not going to participate in a delusion. I mean, you can pick your own names. I don't care about the name thing. I mean, look, I go by Pete. My full name is Peter, right? I go by Pete. So if somebody keeps calling me Peter, I'm going to assume that they're doing it in order to antagonize, right? But on the pronouns, the he's and she's, and that sort of thing, yeah, I'm not going. I'm not going to go ahead and just abandon reality. I'm saying no. I'm saying no. This is the line for postmodernists. This is the line. There are things that are true and things that are not. So, and look, if you want to go through the transition and you want to uh, dress in sort of uh, stereotypically, you know, female or masculine or, or male kind of way, a feminine or masculine sort of way, in order to try to you know, adopt this persona or whatever, or you don't like, it doesn't matter to me. I don't care. I don't, you live your life however you want to, but I will not be required to uh, give voice to and to amplify things that I know are not true. That's all. For example, I would never, uh, I would never hold up, a, you know, like a 75-pound, a uh, uh, 30-year-old woman uh, who is bulimic and say she's obese. I would, not, I would not do that. I would not say that. I would not help her in advance that, uh, that thought. I don't think that's helpful to her. That's my opinion. See, you can have your opinion, too, and it can be different. That's totally fine. Have a different opinion. Totally fine. But I'm, you know, I'm kind of old-fashioned that way. Let's imagine dragons. You ever seen the video for this with the stuffed animals? Pretty fun. Lou Diamond Phillips? No? How are you a millennial and you haven't seen that? Boom. It's a fight club for stuffed animals. Yeah, yeah. Lou Diamond Phillips is the, the evil guy running it. Pretty comical. Also, there's a actress, famous actress. She's in the video too. She, I, I, I don't want to spoil it. So if you have a chance, go pull it up. It's uh, Imagine Dragons. Radioactive is the name of the song. Let me jump over here and get Spencer on the program. Hello, Spencer. Welcome to the show. What's going on? Um, has any has anybody? Uh, you got an echo there. Has anybody defined well regulated for you? For me. Or the audience, let's say. I have a feeling you would like to. That is correct. Well-regulated. If you look in the Oxford English Dictionary for the year 1800, which is as close as you can get to the writing of the Second Amendment, well-regulated means properly operating, as in a properly operating clock keeps accurate 
time. Now, it has nothing to do with government regulation. And you could conceivably rewrite the Second Amendment to say a properly operating militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So what that means is if you don't have personal guns, you can't form a properly operating militia. Because a militia is? The people. Right. Thank you, Spencer. I appreciate it. Yeah, but the people who are opposed to the Second Amendment, um, they don't care about that. It, they really don't. I do. People who are Second Amendment uh, defenders and supporters, we do. But people who don't like the Second Amendment and don't like guns and, would, and want to see it uh, stricken from the U.S. Constitution, uh, they will come up with all sorts of, well, let's just call them what they are. They're lies, right? Lies about the language. And that is sort of, that is the M.O. You corrupt the language in order to twist the meanings of words, in order to create the chaos necessary to advance whatever agenda you're trying to advance. Because now if the word means something else, just like I talked about earlier with sex and gender, right? If you can conflate the two, but then also use the old definition when needed in order to get your agenda on that front, right? When you twist the language up like that, it makes it difficult for people uh, to abide by whatever they think is the mutually understood rule. Not only that, it sows distrust, especially like with this Title IX thing with the pronoun usage. You're now going to treat mispronouning somebody, you're going to treat that as sexual harassment, worthy of expulsion from schools and universities? Really? What kind of... What kind of... uh, impact do you think that that has on the trust necessary between citizens in a free society? Because that's really what makes all of this work. You realize that, right? It's, it's a matter of trust, not to sound all Billy Joel, but it, it is a matter of trust. If you have zero trust and faith in your fellow citizens, think about what that means. If you have no trust in any of your fellow citizens, what does that mean? Do you even go over to your neighbor's house? Do you even say hello to them? Do you tell them anything about yourself? If you want to think about a society where there is zero trust, think about a society. Well, here's a good one. The USSR, right? Behind the Iron Wall or Iron Curtain, rather. Um, People ratted each other out. Even when there was no evidence, they would just rat each other out. Zero trust. Complete chaos. And then the... Governing authorities use that chaos and lack of trust in order to oppress, turn people against each other, deflect from their own deficiencies. That's why it's so dangerous. You start undermining people's confidence in each other. Yes, the institutions, but in each other. If every time you enter into a conversation, you are worried that you're going to say something that offends somebody else, and then that offense leads to your cancellation, leads to your uh, ostracization in the society. People start spamming your Facebook or something, right? All of a sudden, you become this leper. Okay, I'm sorry. I did not mean to offend. Hashtag not all lepers. But, like, you become this outcast. And that fear of becoming the outcast, fear of losing livelihood, fear of, you know, of 
not being accepted. And now, by the way, there are some people who would say that that is appropriate, that that is completely within the bounds of uh, uh, of how a civil society should operate, because there are some things that should not be tolerated. The problem is their list of things is basically you, right? <laughs> it's everything that you believe you want to say. That's it, all of it. And everything they want to say, like if, and everything they want to do, like, you know, get dressed up in drag and strip in front of four-year-olds and, and take money in the garter belts and stuff like that's acceptable. Your opposition to it is not. There is a fundamental disagreement right now in our society and not to not to be overly dramatic on this, but I do believe uh, we are past the point of reconcilable differences here. Right, that we, we are. We are past the point. Th- these are fundamental disagreements on reality, fundamental disagreements on what the purpose of this grand experiment is about and where it is rooted and what it is rooted in. Why do we as a nation exist? What is our why? What is our purpose? And we disagree. Fundamentally, we disagree. And that's why I think there, you know, not a lot of stuff gets uh, stuff gets done in D.C. between the two parties. There's not a lot of working together. We got we should work together. I think we've worked together on basically everything that we can work together on. Because right now we're at we're at first principle stuff, and we disagree. When you have half the country that looks at the plain words in the Constitution regarding, for example, the Second Amendment, and they believe that it only applies to muskets. And, and they are they are shocked at the sight of some sort of conflation of the Second Amendment with patriotism and how it is used to resist tyranny and, God forbid, that appear on a koozie. And they make it a mission to go get that koozie removed from the shelves a week before July 4th, a week before Independence Day, the birth of our country. Yeah, we have a fundamental disagreement about our why, about the American why. Why do we exist? News Talk 1110-993-WBT. So there was a 6-3 to three ruling. The U.S. Supreme Court said that the First Amendment requires the state of Maine to be neutral in its spending decisions when it comes to school vouchers. It's kind of a weird system they have up in Maine. I was reading up on this that uh, because there are some parts of the state where they don't have any schools, public schools, but there are some private schools in the areas, and so that's why they created this program so parents could send their kid to the nearby school that was private. Well, once you start doing that, when you use public dollars to fund private vouchers or, or vouchers for private schools, right, when the money follows the kid, you cannot then say, sorry, uh, that school is a Catholic school or a Jewish school or uh, a Muslim school. You can't, you can't say no to that private school based on religion. Based on religion. So what's the freak out from the leftists on this? They're tearing down the wall between the church and the state. The separation of the church and the state. All right, show me where that is, actually. Show me where that is in the Constitution. It's not actually in the Constitution. If you're listening to this program, you already know that. Yeah. Talk radio audiences know this, that it's not in the Constitution, right? It came from a letter that was written when they were discussing uh, the role of religion and that sort of thing. Congress can't institute. Congress, keywords here, right? Congress 
cannot institute national religions. The idea that uh, sectarian schools, religious schools, be they Baptist or, or Methodist or Shia or Sunni or whatever, right? The idea that that religious schools would be banned from getting any kind of the same support that a government-run system uh, is so ridiculous if you think in terms of what the founders were, the times they were living in as well, and what they meant, right? You you don't get to discriminate based on someone's religion. They had a bunch of different, I mean, granted, they were all like Christian denominations, but they had different Christian denominations, and everybody was very worried about the other denomination barring them from activity, but but schools back then, they literally taught the Bible. <laughs> I mean, the idea that there was this wall, and the founders put up this wall between church and state. Uh, no, they did not. They did not. They said Congress cannot, it can't go, think of it like a two-way street, right? That's like saying Congress can't make everybody Christian, but everybody in Congress could be Christian. The state pays tuition for certain students at private schools. So long as the schools are not religious, that is a discrimination against religion. That from Chief Justice John Roberts. He wrote the majority. He said the program in Maine is not the state funding religious schools so much as it is offering money to parents for education at religious schools. Right. The money is going to the parent. The parent then decides what to do with that money. If the state says you can't use that money for that religious school, then that is discriminatory. Justice Stephen Breyer, in dissent, said that the majority was paying too much attention to the First Amendment's free exercise clause, which protects, uh, protects freedom of worship, and not enough to, uh, to the Establishment Clause, which limits the government's involvement with religious institutions. The result, he said, is a system that permits religion to operate without government sponsorship or interference. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I, Right, that, yes. Yeah, religion should operate without government sponsorship or interference. But that's not what is happening here. Government's not sponsoring that. Government is sponsoring an education for the child. And then the parent decides, hey, I want to send the kid to this school because it's a good school. And look, I mean, you know how many kids go to schools, uh, go to Catholic schools that are not Catholic? You know how many? There's a ton. You don't have to, you don't ha- automatically have to be a member of the religion to go to the religious school, but you are going to get taught about that religion. It's going to happen. <laughs> You're going to a religious school. It's going to happen. The state required that the schools be accredited, teach English, and may oh my gosh, those xenophobes and maintain a ratio of no more than 30 students per teacher. This law was enacted back in 1981. So they set the criteria. And so the religious schools have to meet that criteria. The case is the latest in a string of decisions, says the Washington Times, pushing back against states wary of public money going to religious causes. In 2017, the justices ruled against a Missouri law that barred churches from applying for funds to upgrade playgrounds. In 2020, the court ruled that Montana could not block tuition payments from going to private schools because of their religious affiliations. Justice Sonia Sotomayor, writing her own dissent, said, quote, 
This court continues to dismantle the wall of separation between church and state that the framers fought to build. Which tells you everything you need to know about her. Cardinal Timothy Dolan, head of the New York Archdiocese, he said the Supreme Court has rightly ruled that the Constitution protects not just the right to be religious, but also to act religious. The National Deputy Director at the Council on American-Islamic Relations said by striking down a law that barred students from receiving tuition assistance for private schools simply because their school of choice has a religious character, the court has preserved the constitutional rights of Christians, Muslims, Jews, and many other students of faith. This was another one of the hot takes that I saw from leftists (laughs) over the last couple days, which was that... uh, Oh, yeah, well, you guys aren't going to like it when uh, uh, your tax money starts going to fund that, that school that's Islamic. Why? If a parent chooses to send their kid to an Islamic school, why would I have a problem with that? Why do you have a problem with that? Why do you think somebody else would have a problem with that? What are you saying about Islamic schools? Oh, I'm not saying it. I'm just saying you would have a problem, with it, but I don't have a problem with it. Do you have a problem with it? No. What are you saying happens at these Islamic schools? What are you implying? Are you suggesting that something illegal is being done at these Islamic schools? At these, what did you call them, madrasas? Very interesting. There's always a tell. You just scratch the surface just a little bit. There's a lot of phobias under there.